What's good, everyone? Welcome into the show. Yes, you are listening to a small scoop of sports podcast. I am your co-host, Chris Molina. Joined with me today is your co-host, Jairo Gutierrez. Jairo, say what's up to the people. What's up? What's up, everybody? Like Chris said, welcome to another edition of A Small Scoop of Sports Podcast. Just want to remind everybody, you can find the show on Twitter at Small Scoop Sport and on Facebook, same thing, at Small Scoop Sport. Make sure you give us a follow, um, you know, give our Facebook page a like if you enjoy listening to the pod. And keep making it week after week and keep, uh, you know, keeping you entertained with this football and the rest of the good stuff that we have. Right, Chris? Yep, that's exactly it. And, you know, side note, I was kind of thinking um, when I was starting the show, I was wondering what to say. And then I was like, what if we got someone to like intro the show for us? Do you think um, Do you think Bruce Buffer would be available? Oh, yeah. I think if we told him, <laughs> hey, you know, Bruce, we're doing a, uh, a pod. Do you think you could lend us your, your magic voice? I think he's down. What do you think? Should I give him a, should I give him a call or shoot him a text? Yeah, yeah, shoot him a text for us, so uh, tell him he only needs to record the intro once, and then we'll be good to go. <laughs> and we're good. All right, bro, I'll let you know what he says, right? <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> but yeah, everyone, um, make sure, um, if you like the show, share our episode links on Facebook, or retweet my episode links on Twitter. That would be a good way to get yourself a shout out on the show. Plus, you can ask us any question you want related to sports and we'll answer it on the show. So far, we haven't got anyone. So let's uh, let's find the first one and then it all, it's all downhill from there. Also, make sure to review us on Apple Podcasts. If you review us on Apple Podcasts, we will invite you to uh, record an episode not an episode. I keep saying that a segment of your preference here on the show, and then you can uh, listen to yourself on a podcast. So that'd be pretty cool. What do you think, Heido? I, I think uh, everybody should definitely, if you enjoy it, right, share that, like it, do all that. We want to get other people on this show, right? I know uh, I have a couple of people in mind, but we do appreciate the love, guys. Like Chris said, it's it's important to you know share it and. Oh man, how would it, how cool would it be if you could have, you know, an episode where you could show everybody, hey, I was on here, I was talking on here, and especially if it's your favorite thing to talk about, right? Whatever sport you like, whatever event, we can get you on the dream scenario as a fan, whatever it is that you want to talk about, we want to get people on here. So definitely, after you listen to this, go to the page, go on Apple Podcast, whatever it is, guys, and we'll get you on here for sure. Yep, um, that's well said. And I just wanted to stress that it's fun. It's fun doing this podcast. You'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy having people uh, tell you about it. They're like, hey, I listen to the podcast. Um, so get just get us a review on Apple and we'll, we'll get you on the show. So today we are, this is our NFL episode. We're going to start with some injury updates. So first things first, Saquon Barkley originally thought to be out up to eight weeks with a high ankle sprain a week later he's already posting videos of him you know working out on the field with everyone else it doesn't look like an eight-week injury to me what do you think Haido? yeah actually i was very surprised uh of course we actually talked about it last week saying hey whoever picked uh saquon you know mostly everyone went first overall if they whoever didn't go first overall he was probably second and we're like man sucks for them 
kind of weird. You you see those videos today? The dude was cutting left, right. He was doing everything. So um, I'm a little I'm a little surprised. I'm not sure if this dude is just a superhuman or um, it must have not been that serious. I don't know, but he looks almost ready to go. Do you think that? Um, they risk him and play him this week or you know, what do you kind of think? You know, that was interesting because I seen Melvin Gordon tweet on uh, Twitter that uh, Yeah, that's where you tweet on Twitter. Everyone. <laughs> that's where you tweeted okay. <laughs> um, He said like my boy is ready to go this Sunday So I'm like, thinking like say can Saquon come back this week? I don't know the way it's looking maybe it, but I think week six at the latest exactly Yeah well, the the thing is this: how how much do they want to risk him? You know what I'm saying? Like, is it is it worth um, if he's let's say eighty percent and he's like, dude, I'm ready to go, let's win because they are two and two right now. Um, that's my kind of question: is will they actually risk him getting re-injured or say, you know, we'll wait the extra, like you said, maybe week six, um, so that way he's ready to go. What do, what do you think they're going to do? I think they might risk him. Um, so they're 2-2 two and two right now. When he was knocked out of the game in week three, they were 0-2. Oh they were trailing by multiple scores to Tampa Bay. And then Manuel Jones put the Giants on, <laughs> on, his, shoulder and won, on his shoulders and won them that game. Then they came out last week and blew out Washington. So I'm thinking like, the Giants might be thinking like, hey, we're two and two. Why can't we make the playoffs? Let's get our best guys out there. Exactly, exactly. And that's where I'm at, man. In a sense, I mean, I mean, in a way, it makes sense to to risk him if he's right there. You know, if he's like, hey, I'm 80, 85, whatever, like I said, ready to go. You're you're still in it. If they were 0-4, maybe even 1-3, that's where you think about it and you say, ah, dude, this guy's worth it long term. Hey, you could go 3-2 and two and kind of be competing for even the divisional title at this point. Yeah, they're only one game back of Dallas. So, yeah, I think if we don't see him week five, we'll see him next week for sure. Against Thursday night against New England. Definitely, definitely. Now, the next one that is also interesting is Tyreek Hill. So, you saw him on the sideline this week when they were in Detroit. The dude just looked miserable, ready to go. He's practicing now. How do you see this playing out? Do you, um, obviously, how big of an impact do you think he'll make? Because, man, they're loaded either way. They have Mahomes. But, you know, what What are you kind of um, seeing happen here with Tyreek? So, yeah, I... Uh... I seen him last week. I seen videos of him like dribbling a basketball, I think. And I was thinking about it. It's like, is he ready to go? It's only been two weeks. They said he, he'd be out for six weeks. So he might be ready to go Sunday. And he's another one that might beat that timetable. Uh, we'll see, though. We'll see. I, I, they don't need him. They have Nicole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson just doing their thing. So they could probably let him rest Sunday. Or, you know what, if he's feeling good, then why not? extra rest won't won't help exactly and again i think it's very important what you said they don't really need him as much as the giants can certainly use saquon so that again goes into that decision of saying dude we could kind of rest this guy you know another week or two make sure he's a hundred especially the way that tyreek plays um you know the little shifty he's obviously real small all that speed i think um, I would rest him at least, you know, one more. It's not worth the risk, but let's see what they decide to do. Yep, yep, it should be interesting. Um, just keep, if you have any uh, Chiefs wide receivers on your team, keep track of that. I don't know if I'd start Nicole Hardman if Tyreek if Tyreek Hill is playing. 
I would be a little iffy on Sammy Watkins as well. So uh, it could really affect your fantasy team if he's out there on Sunday. But, you know, just keep track of that. Finally, third, the third uh, quote-unquote injury um, that we have to talk about today. Um, Sam Darno. do you think uh, any problems are in his future? Does he still have mono? What do you think? <laughs> this is still, I mean, to hear it, to think about it, is just hilarious to me. Um, does he still have mono? Great question. I hope he's not, you know, kissing for the first. I don't know. I don't know what's going on over there with Sam. All I know is this. He needs to be back ASAP. That's all I can say. We remember Le'Veon uh, being mad um, before the bye week. Oh, you guys are making fun of us. Whoever's not on the bandwagon and gets on after this, this, and that. Um, as of right now, they're playing Philly this week on the verge of 0-4. Sam, get healthy, bro. You're not even hurt. You're sick. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what's going on here, Chris. So I, I, I just don't know what to make of this. Uh, it's almost a joke to be talking about, but he's missing that many games. So w- what are you thinking here? Do you think, <laughs> you know, is it time for this dude to come back? Does he still have mono? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. Uh... With Sam Darno on the field, that kind of changes a lot of things about the Jets' offensive outlook. All of a sudden, you're like, okay, Bell's interesting again. Okay, Robbie Anderson's interesting. Jamison Crowder. Mm-hmm. In week one, Jamison Crowder caught 14 passes from Sam Darno, and they also get Chris Herndon back. So I'm, I'm hoping he's out there. It would be nice to see that Jets' offense in full force, but he, did you see what I sent you? Uh, there was a reporter in uh, New York uh quoting Sam Darno. Sam Darno said, quote, I want to make sure I'm safe out there and I'm not going to die. We all want you safe out there as well, Sam Darno. <laughs> Stay away from more proms. That's all I have to say. <laughs> That's it, dude. There's no other explanation. Like, dude, you are the quarterback for the New York Jets. I can't believe he's saying that. It is a quote unquote, I want to make sure I'm safe out there and I'm not going to die. Okay, Sam. All right, man. Well, you take your time. Make sure your team's about 0 and 5, 0 and 6, and then you can get back. Yep. Okay. Yep. That sounds, that sounds good to me. Uh, ground yourself for a couple more weeks. We're, we're all right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we're, uh, we're switching gears here a little bit. We're going to bring up a true false question. So, Heido has not seen the true-false questions that I am about to ask him. And then I have not seen the true-false questions that he is about to ask me. Let's, uh, you ready for some fun facts here? Let's do it, man. Let's hope that we don't think so much alike that we have the exact same questions. <laughs> <Okay>. So, um, <laughs> you want to get started? Yeah, yeah. I'll ask the first one. Okay. True or false, Baker Mayfield's completion percentage is 30th or worse in the NFL among 35 quarterbacks? 30? Could it be? Well, we've talked about him. Well, I think this is this would make three in a row that we're like, what are they doing? 30th or worse? You know what? I'm going to have to go. I'm going to go with true. What's the answer? It, you are correct. It is true. <sighs> Baker Mayfield wow. is 32nd in completion percentage in the NFL at 59%. The only three below him are Ben Roethlisberger, who's out for the season, Cam Newton, who might be out for a while, and Josh Rosen. Ouch. 
Man, wow, what a stat, actually. That says, that right there should say it all, man. These, uh, right, the Browns, the expectations, the hope, and I can't, that's a great stat, actually. So um, I hope, I wish Baker would listen to this pod, you know, and said, hey, that's that's pretty bad, actually. So Get that magic very, going. Very good stat. <laughs> Yeah, definitely, exactly. Or turn on those the uh, the breakers, yeah. right? The breakers from the commercial. Turn it on. Let's get <laughs> let's get it together, Baker. All right, all right. So my first one here, through a fourth of the season, Dak Prescott leads the league in total QB rating. True or false? He finishes top three. So top three after the season. After this, what do you think about that? First of all, yeah. And who would be number two? That that's just a question. That's a side question. What do you think there? So I... Who would be number two in QBR right now? I have to say that's true. um, Because it's just so specific that I'm like, okay, I I can see that. But um, I don't think he finishes inside the top three. I think he finishes more by that eight to ten range. Okay, perfect. You are right. He is leading, actually, Chris. With 86.6 QBR, and number two is Patrick Mahomes at 85.6. So, and and I like the way you think right there, actually, is through a fourth, right? Uh, the Cowboys have played three or four very weak teams. They won three or four. The only one they lost was against a tough one on the road, which, by the way, we'll get to, but Chris called it. Um, thank you, thank you. And <laughs> I, yeah, no, definitely good, good call. And I just um, think that for him to keep it up, that's MVP type caliber, wouldn't you say, Chris? And and I don't know if Dak is MVP type caliber just yet. That's just me. I don't know what you think. Yeah, the Packers, um, the Packers are this weekend. They've got the Vikings and the Bears coming up soon. It's got some tough defenses, so that's why I'm thinking like he's not gonna light the world on fire like he was in the first three weeks but he'll be good enough that the Cowboys will be in a position to compete in each game that's what I'm thinking agreed okay my second true false question Shaquille Barrett linebacker for the Buccaneers is on pace for more than 30 sacks this season now that we're a quarter of the way through the season oh my gosh I just have to say right now I, my second question is about Shaquille <laughs> Barrett. Wow, I cannot believe that. So the answer is true. Yes. The, I'm actually gonna, the answer is 30. He is on pace. I can't believe this. I did not think this would happen. That was no lie. Chris, I just want to say this. You know what? We're gonna, spoiler alert. The answer is true. And he is at how many? Tell the people how many sacks he is and what's the... Oh, man, this is crazy. He's already at nine sacks this year, and mm-hmm. he's on pace for 36 sacks, which would almost double the NFL record. <laughs> oh, I, that, I guess that stat was just so crazy to both of us that we had to put it because the next person has six. So this dude's at nine. The next player has six, and he is on pace for 36. Actually, at this point, Chris, don't you think it's – reasonable to say like that 22.5 record that michael strahan did in 01 is actually in jeopardy sure it's only a quarter of the season but dude the guy already has nine yeah yeah i think i think so especially if he's at around 13 or so by halfway through the season so he he's bound to slow down 
But if he has four sacks in his next four games, I think that record is in serious jeopardy. Correct, correct. Okay, well, I, that, I'm going to skip my second one because uh, we both had it unbelievable. <laughs> um, by the way, he's averaging 2.25 per game, where Strayhand averaged 1.41 per game on his record-breaking season. So just for comparison, 2.25 to 1.41. Crazy. Yeah. Um, my third one would be true or false. Michael Thomas will lead the league in receptions this year. What do you say there? Um, Michael Thomas, receiver for the New Orleans Saints. I'm going to say true because the way I'm looking at it right now, um, I'm not looking at the stats, uh, but he's had a lot of receptions while Drew Brees has been out. While Drew Brees is in, he's still doing his thing too. So I think he doesn't miss a beat with Teddy Bridgewater, or should I say Teddy Two Gloves. So I'll say Michael Thomas will lead. (laughs) I like it. And just so you know, he led last year with 125. And right now he is tied for first with Keenan Allen through a quarter of the year at 34. So it's looking good. And that's a great point that you make. If he doesn't fall off, well, Teddy Two Gloves is throwing it to him. Once, once, Whenever Breeze comes back, I think it's going to be even more. So quite interesting, Chris. Finish us off. What is your last one? Okay, true or false. So right now, a quarter of the way through the season, the Baltimore Ravens are the highest um, yards per game offense in the entire league. Mm, uh, highest? I'm going to go with false. Is that is that true? Yes, it's true. The Ravens are averaging wow. the most yards per game in the NFL right now at 482.5. Almost 500 yards a game. Interesting. Wow. Okay. And they are two, two and two, correct? Yeah. So yeah, they're only that two and two. Is... <laughs> what? So they're almost averaging, you said, 500? Is that correct? Yeah. They're, uh, they're a few yards a, a per game ahead of the Chiefs at 482.5 a game. Okay. Wow. Okay. Very interesting. I did not expect that. We will talk about the Ravens here coming up, actually. Yeah. So, quick, very interesting. Sounds good to me. So, speaking of which, are you ready to get into our week four NFL review? Week four, man. Let's see. How did we do in fantasy? How did we do with everything else? Are you ready? Yes. Yes. I'm very excited for this section here. So, let's do it. <laughs> let's get it, man. So we're going to kick off our week four NFL review with a little fantasy football update. We're almost halfway to the playoffs. These games are getting pretty important. Um, And I'm going to kick it to Haido to tell the listeners how he did in both uh, both of our leagues. So in our leagues, uh, I'll start with yours. I got the L this week. I lost 137 to 95 total. So it was not close. Um, the guy that I uh, lost to is now three and one. I moved to two and two. So I'm still there. I'm second in my division of the uh, league. And the best players for me were Kamara, who usually comes through. I-, I apologize. Actually, sorry, sorry. Aaron Rodgers. That's who I wanted to highlight. Aaron Rodgers. 
24 didn't really matter Devonte freeman and actually that was pretty much it camara was the third highest but he was only at 11 points so in your league chris i'm now two and two big game coming up we will um hit on that but i'm right there man i'm right there battling and for my league it was actually pretty amazing. It was um, a battle. I ended up winning a total of 136.88 to 135.98. So I literally won by 0. 0.9, <laughs> by less than one point. And the reason being, uh, we, we text about it that night. Tyler Boyd, from wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals, he needed about five and a half points. That's all I needed from him. Uh, my opponent's team had already played five and a half points on Monday night. It was the fourth quarter and I was still losing. Tyler Boyd, no lie, got one catch for about eight yards. And with that catch, I ended up winning by less than a point. Um, one thing I have to say, Chris, for this week, I picked Aaron Rodgers over Dak Prescott in both of my leagues. And if it wasn't for that, I obviously would have lost. So for the second week in a row, I picked correctly. It's tormenting me. It's making it really tough, but so far so good. And this week they play each other. So we'll see who I end up picking. We'll talk about it next week, but this moved me to two and two and I'm fourth overall in the league. So I'm battling in both of our leagues. Um, we'll see how it goes moving forward. What about you? So, yeah, that was pretty amazing. I was kind of keeping an eye on that game, too, in your league because mine was pretty much already wrapped up. So I was looking around and it's like, wow, that Tyler Boyd reception in the fourth quarter put you over the top. It's pretty impressive. I must it, was, say. It, it was wild and I couldn't believe it. I could. I was telling myself, there's no way he doesn't get at least one catch here. And he just won, man. I couldn't believe it. It was. Uh, <laughs> and the thing is this. He was three and oh. And I was one and two. So I would have gone to obviously one and three. He would have been four and oh. That's just a huge, huge difference. Now he's three and one. I'm two and two. And we're pretty, pretty uh, competitive. So, man, what is just fantasy football is something else, man. Yeah, yeah, it is. And then so in my league, I also lost in week four. And I put up the same amount of points as you as well. So we would have tied. I put up <laughs> 95 points and my opponent put up 141. So... It was kind of rough considering my uh, my opponent put up the most points in the league last week. But a couple of my top performers were Christian McCaffrey, of course. Um, that's three out of four weeks. He's just dominated. Mike Evans, he had a late touchdown in the Rams game that helped out. You know, carry on Johnson. But I had a couple of stinkers as well. My QB was knocked out in the third quarter with a concussion. And at that point, he had a rushing touchdown, but he also had three interceptions. So it was a tough game for him against the Patriots. Definitely. And then, and then in your league, so yours truly was the top scorer of the week. 164.04 I put up. I had Christian McCaffrey. Nick Chubb dominated as well. Um, Robert Woods had 13 receptions for 164 yards. So that was a pretty solid day. Darren Waller had a solid day. Um, my kicker put up 12 points, so that's always good. My opponent didn't feel the need to play a kicker, so I appreciated that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I put up 164. And with that being said, have you looked to see what week five has in store in your league? 
We got a matchup. Wait, wait, wait. Tell them what's going on and tell them who's going to win, Chris, because we both know, right? Yes, yes. We both know who's going to win. Um, <laughs> so, Hyro and myself are playing each other in his mm-hmm. league. We're both 2-2. Two and two. Um, So, right now, the winner of this matchup will move into fourth place in the league, which is important because usually in leagues, it's either the top four or the top six get in. Can you remind me of uh, if it's top four or top six in your league? Uh, Top top four, Chris. So, we're doing top top four four to... So, it's that's the breakdown right there. Yeah, man. We're we're battling for for positioning right now, dude. So, yeah. (laughs) Big one. Yep. Yep. So, um, right now... um, couple of his players, you know, David Johnson, Leonard Fournette, who had 220 yards rushing last week. Uh, Nick Chubb for me, who had 163 touchdowns. McCaffrey, three or 10 receptions. He, he's got Lev Bell back in his lineup. It should be fun. Should be a fun game. Um, let's see what the prediction is. It, <laughs> prediction is 128.37 for Heido and 127.11 for myself. Mm. Yeah. So, oh man, it's gonna be a good. Yeah, it's close. It's Definitely. close. And before before you say anything about that uh, prediction, right now I have Stephon Diggs on the bench. If I were to replace him with Demarcus Robinson, I would be projecting more points than you. So, but anyways, that's that's how close it's gonna be. And then you'll have to find out next week um, to see how much I beat Hydro by. So we'll see. <laughs> hey, and real quick, <laughs> before we move on, one funny thing that I hadn't realized up until now, Chris, my opponent, his defense scored negative one point. Negative <laughs> one point, And he lost by 0.9. Oh my God. I have not seen that at all until now on this fantasy game is ridiculous, dude. Like think about that. If they would have told, if they would have told them, yo, <laughs> Your defense is gonna score negative one, and you'll lose by point now. Oh my god, this is crazy! What uh, Look, what defense did he have? Um, he had the Gr- <laughs> Green Bay Packers, dude. His <laughs> team. Oh my gosh, I'm dying. I that's crazy. That's dude. great. That's, that's, that's great. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So <laughs> sorry, dude. And anyway, everyone, we will let you know how much I won by next week. All right, three and two. <laughs> I'm gonna be looking good on my way to and the playoffs. And then you woke right? up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Uh, with that, we'll put that aside for a week. We'll, we'll probably uh, we'll probably uh, talk a little smack to each other as the game progresses. But um, for now, we're going to talk about who we think is the most overrated team in football through four weeks. Hido, you want to start us off? Yeah, I'll start us off. Um, this is it's funny that you mentioned um, a stat in um, your true or false. Okay. I think the okay. most overrated team. For up until this point, are the Baltimore Ravens. So your stat actually, to me, you know, enhances that thought because if they're leading the league in yards per game, almost 500, that's pretty crazy. Yet they're two and two, and this is this is why I picked them as my most overrated team. They beat who? The Miami Dolphins and the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. <laughs> So that's your two, all right. And then you say, who'd they lose to? So they lost to the Chiefs. I'm with that. That's fine. And then they got whooped by the Browns, which we've been talking about at home. So that was something we both got wrong. Again, we'll go over that here in a little bit. But for those reasons, man, I mean, the two wins are weak. The two losses, I get. But the way they lost to Cleveland this last week, especially um, at home like you just mentioned, to me, dude, uh, this division is actually wide open right now where I think 
Baltimore should have already at least three and one, maybe four and zero. Oh. You know, I again, the Chiefs are tough, but that's the reason for me. What about for you? Do you do you agree? Did you have someone else? I I kind of agree with what you're saying here. Um, we've learned a lot about the Ravens in the last two weeks, but my pick is three and one right now. They play in the NFC North. I can't wait to lay into them once again. It is the Chicago Bears. Mm. The Chicago Bears are three and one. But do you want to know how um, compared to the rest of the NFC? Do you want to know how many points they've scored? Oh my gosh! Well, I know we were talking about this. It's probably like half of the last team or something. It's horrible, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are dead last in scoring in the <laughs> NFC right now. And to take it further, there's only there's only. Uh, I don't need, I don't know if these three teams count, but in in overall, the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Bengals have scored worse than the uh, Bears have so far. The Bears are putting up a little over 16 points a game. They're relying completely on their defense to get them by every week. And the thing about that is, they played. They beat the Vikings, which is okay, but they only put up 16. Um, they who else did they beat? They beat the Redskins, who turned the ball over like 36 times and still only lost by two touchdowns. And then they played the um, the Broncos, which that Broncos game they should have lost. Do you remember that game? The one second timeout call that I think it still should have been uh, game over at that game point. time, right? Yep, it's true. And that was the the last second field goal, was it not? Yeah, after they he. He fell to the ground at one second, and somehow they instantaneously called timeout. <laughs> I don't get it, but um, I agree. They could, and then they, they could easily <laughs> be one and three. Definitely, and I just have to say, good thing I didn't pick them. I'll be honest; that was my other team, Chris. And the reason I didn't is, I always say defense wins championships, and so I couldn't go against that because. They're three and one, dude. You know what I mean? They 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 do suck on offense. My goodness, I don't know when they'll fix it if they can fix it. Um, but well, now that Mitchell Trubisky's out, they might actually maybe look better they're on gonna offense. improve. <laughs> they might improve. Well, that that could be a good point. But uh, that defense <laughs> is so tough. Let's see them. Let's see how they progress. But I love the pick actually because that was my other pick. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I know their defense is extremely fierce. And they're they're probably the best defense in the league outside maybe the Bills or the Patriots. Those those two teams might have the only argument. Um, but defense wins championships for the other team too. So like uh, when they're playing when they're on offense, the other team's defense is going to look a lot better than what they are. So for example, I picked up the Raiders defense in one league. I'm like, all right, they're playing the Bears this week. I'm going with the Raiders. It's true. So, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> so now let's transition to the most underrated team in football through the first four weeks. You have a pick on that? I do. I do. I don't know if we have the same one, but got to give them love. I'm giving the shout out to the Detroit Lions, who we have talked about, at least who I've shouted out. This is now, I think, week three in a row. And again, man, these guys, so they just lost for the first time they're two one and one right so they do have um that tie week one against the cardinals after that they beat two teams that most people um would say 
you know, our playoff teams are going to be in the Chargers and the Eagles. So, okay, there were now two 0-1, and this week they almost beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Man, these guys are battling, um, you know, at the beginning of the year. Even till now, I don't think um, they have any super special weapons. Don't get me wrong, Matt Stafford has a 102.6 rating out of the 158. 102 is not bad. Um, with the 62% completion rating, but you know they're just doing it. Carry on, Johnson, Marvin Jones, they're getting it done, Chris. So I'm just Can shocked. Okay, uh, there you go, Galladay, who we were kind of hating on, I think as well. Um, and I just want to say they are surprising me, man. Especially against these Chiefs. To be honest, they could have won that game. They had a good chance of winning it. They just couldn't stop them, and that's the way it goes. But much love to the Lions. They, to me, are the underrated team as of now. And if they keep this up, you never know what can happen. That division is very, very tough. One game here, one game there, and those divisional matchups can change the entire race. So, the Lions for me. What about for you? Are we are we thinking the same? Don't tell me you were thinking the same. So, I won't tell you that, but I appreciate that pick. Um, the thing about that is the Lions should have won that game. The reason they didn't, they can blame the Saints for this. They can blame the Saints as the reason they lost that game. Did you see that um, on Johnson fumble at the goal line, which was, scoop, which was scooped up 99 yards for the touchdown? Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. That that changed everything, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, that should have been. Yeah, swing right there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So the reason I say they can thank the Saints for that is because the Saints are, you know, crying every week about something with the officials. <laughs> and if... If they blow that play dead, um, or they, or if they come together and let the play, uh, you know, let the Chiefs player run for a touchdown, they come together and say, you know what? No, he was down. Um, they'll go back and review it because Andy Reid would no doubt challenge it, and then they would not overturn it. I, I watched the replay of that fumble like twelve times, and there is no way they could have ruled that a fumble. The only reason that it was upheld is because they let him play it out in real life. They're like, I don't know. I, I mean, remember what happened with the Saints game? Let's just see what happens. It's all, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's just roll with it, man. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Just let him score and then we'll review it. And the review didn't tell them whether it was a fumble or not, in my opinion. Um, so if they say that was, uh, if they say he was down there, they would have scored that touchdown. The Chiefs went to score it and the Lions would have kind of cruised. So I, exactly. that's what I want to say but about that game. And just to give the Lions even more props is the fact that they still could have won the game even with that horrible fumble that you just mentioned, Chris. So that was a 14-point swing. But even with that, they still could have won had they gotten that one last stop at the end of the game. They just couldn't do it against Mr. Mahomes, right? But anyway, Chris, who is your underrated pick um, so far into, you know, a quarter of the season? So my underrated pick so far, I gotta I gotta go with my boys, the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are three and one. You know they've they've won every game they've supposed to win. Uh, you know they've taken down the Jets, the Bengals, and the Giants. So maybe they don't get as much credit because of their opponents. But I mean, if you watch that game against the Patriots, they lost sixteen to ten, despite um, the Patriots having a blocked. Uh, punt for a touchdown as well as Josh Allen getting knocked out of the game in the third quarter so they could easily won that fierce and still they're uh, two and a half point underdog against the Titans next week 
even though Josh Allen will be playing. So I think people are sleeping on the Bills and they're gonna they're gonna explode here with the Titans and then a good schedule at towards the end of the towards the end of the season. And uh, Chris, real quick, talking about that pick, which props to you as of a quarter of the season, um, it's looking really good. They almost could be undefeated, as you just mentioned. Um, so I think the Pats beware. One question I have for you regarding the Bills is how important or, you know, how have you evaluated Josh Allen so far into the season? You know, to me, it doesn't seem that he's been amazing at the same time you know he has been obviously the starter and he just got injured in this fourth one but you know talk to me a little bit about that do you think he can take them you know to where they want to go or, or what's the situation so yeah he's been he's been inconsistent um i agree with that he's been good for fantasy but you know week one he had a couple turnovers that almost cost him the game last week against the patriots he had three interceptions Right, Patriots have a good defense, but like uh, I think if he grows a little bit more as a as a pocket passer, he's going to take the Bills as far as they need to go because that defense will keep him in any game. Exactly, that defense is just so good that I think if he could, yeah, just be a, maybe almost a game manager and you know get a TD or two, they could have a really good chance. But just wanted to you know see where you were um, on those thoughts with the Bills, Chris. Uh, yep, I appreciate that because uh, Buffalo is going to the playoffs, like I said at the beginning of the season. <laughs> Let's see it. Let's see it. It's looking good so far. Anyways, it's time to get into a fan fav- favorite segment. The best and the worst performers of week four are Yin and Yang, are Jekyll and Hyde. First, I'm going to kick it to Hydo for the best QBs of the week. Exactly, exactly. Best QBs. You know, I like to start out positive. There was three guys that had just a really good week. Um, the first one is Mr. Jameis. My goodness, Jameis Winston, another week of a great performance. He went 28 for 41. He had 385 yards and four touchdowns in what was, of course, a big victory where they put up 55 points against the Rams, which I thought we're going to show up defensively and give Jameis a horrible day. He actually had a really good week. And again, he had an 84.6 QB rating out of 100. So another performance from Jameis. Great job to him. Um, the second one, a guy we kind of just talked about his team, Matt Stafford, Chris. So he was 21 for 34, 291 yards in the air. And he added three touchdowns. He did have a respectable 73.2 QBR. But most importantly, Chris, he could have beat what is considered to be one of the best teams in the NFL, those Chiefs. They barely came up short, but Stafford had a good, good week. And number three, my boy, A.A. Ron, Mr. Aaron Rodgers from the Green Bay Packers playing on a short week Thursday night against Philly. He went 34 for 53, 422 yards. Two touchdowns. He did not break that three-touchdown threshold that we've been talking about. Um, And he had a 73.0 QB rating. He also added five rushes for 46 yards. So, Chris, just want to say he, um, you know, had a great week fantasy-wise. I'm glad I chose him. And let's see, man, if this is the, the start of, you know, him turning it around. So, those are the three QBs that really, really stood out this week. What about going to the opposite end? Who were the worst QBs of the week? All right, first things first, I got to start out with Kirk Cousins, our um, worst QB performer of the season so far. He's making an appearance, seems like, every week on this category. He was 27 for 36, 233 yards, 
no touchdowns. He fumbled twice. He was sacked six times, and his total QBR was 14.8. So, not great. Not great. (laughs) (laughs) To say the least. To say the least. Yeah. Maybe he... uh, Maybe he can use the excuse that he was playing the Bears this week. The Bears, you know, have a great defense, of course. But Adam Thielen came out, um, kind of was taking shots at the offense. It's like, hey, we got to pass the ball. We can't rely on Dalvin Cook to run for 180 yards every time. We got to be confident and be able to pass the ball. So we'll see. We'll see if the squeaky wheel gets the grease next week. (laughs) Number two, Deshaun Watson. He was a solid 21 for 33 for 160 yards passing. No touchdowns. He was also sacked six times and he fumbled once. His QBR, 16.4. Now, this was pretty uh, surprising too because the Texans were playing a Panthers team that's been, you know, they haven't been great on defense. They haven't been bad either, but uh, the Rams scored 30 points on the Panthers. Um, the Bucks scored I think 21 or so on the Panthers so they're they're decent but beatable and then Watson he's looked bad this year he's holding the ball too long and then it doesn't help that the offensive line is pretty weak so he's number two and then finally number three my boy Josh Allen 13 (laughs) for 28 153 yards three interceptions total QBR of 8.9 he did salvage his fantasy day with five carries for 26 yards and a touchdown. But in terms of just uh, being a QB, that was rough. That was a rough game. A couple of those interceptions were very ill-advised. He's kind of launching the ball downfield, see what happens. And each time he did that, he was picked. So those are my three worst QBs of the week. All right. All right. Now moving on to the running back position. Let's go again with the positivity here with the best running backs of uh, week four. And to start off, man, Leonard Fournette uh, from the Jacksonville Jaguars. What a week. He had 29 carries, 225 yards with a long of an 81-yard touchdown. So that one was – I'm sorry, not a touchdown. That was just the long of the the day. I apologize. And his year too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. His his, – Yards per carry, Chris, were 7.76. So, obviously, what a week. If he could continue, I think the key here was the amount of carries um, that he had. So, Fournette, man, 225. I had him in fantasy. What a guy. And he added two receptions for 20 yards as well. Number two, this is where the, <laughs> we could call him touchdown man of week four, Nick Chubb. The guy went 20 carries for 165 yards. His yards per carry average was 8.25, so even better than uh, that of Fournette's. Three touchdowns on the day, and he also added three receptions for 18 yards. So Nick Chubb, owners in fantasy. I mean, I'm sure you were ecstatic on this week. What a performance. Let's see if he and the Browns can go above 500, first of all, and let's see if he could keep it up. So um, that was number two. And number three, your boy, Christian McCaffrey, run CMC. The guy does it all. He had 27 carries and a touchdown. And then he also added 10 receptions for 86 yards on 10 targets. So the guy was 100% on reception. <laughs> and as you know, the uh, PPR leagues, man, he is huge because that's just an extra 10 receptions, an extra 10 points right there, as opposed to these guys that are on the ground, maybe getting, like we just said, Nick Chubb, three receptions 
obviously that changes that number. So Run CMC looks so far, Chris, like a great pick in fantasy. And I know you stuck with him in most of your leagues, wherever you could. So um, those were the top three for week four. Take us now to the the, the sadder part of the week for the running backs. <laughs> Before I bring you all down, I just wanted to say about Christian McCaffrey. Um, so he's had... Uh, the Panthers have had 277 offensive plays through four weeks. Do you know how many times he has not been on the field for those plays? 277. Uh, I'd say like probably like what 90% he's on the field. What, what would you say? He's only missed five snaps this year. Five, five snaps. snaps? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, there you go, dude. That's actually remember when we were talking about Camara and McCaffrey. Dude, think about that. Five snaps, like that's gonna give you obviously the highest chance. Man, I'm 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 kind of regretting it, Chris. I don't know if, uh, <laughs> if I maybe made the wrong decision a quarter of the year through. Yeah, McCaffrey was my number one, so I'm like, okay, um, I would have taken Camara there if if you took McCaffrey. But yeah, just wanted to bring that out. Uh, he's averaging like one missed snap a week. So now that's... to bring everyone down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now let's go to the sad side, dude. The worst running backs of the week, your boy, Ezekiel Elliott, 18 for 35. He had a 1.94 yards per carry average. He also lost a fumble in this game, pretty costly. He did salvage his fantasy day with a, with a one-yard touchdown, and then he was 6 for 30 receiving. So he didn't, he didn't have too bad of a day for fantasy, but... um. Uh, the Cowboys were relying on Zeke to, you know, move the ball on the uh, Saints. He couldn't do it, so they became kind of one-dimensional in that game. The second, and this is, I I couldn't decide which one I wanted to do, so I, <laughs> I added the entire team on this one, the Washington Redskins. <laughs> They're the, wor- the second worst running back of the week. Peterson, 11 for 28, two and a half yards per carry, and then Chris Thompson, Four for four, so that's you know one yard a carry. <laughs> they they were supposed to get it done against the Giants. The Giants have been yielding a lot of yards to running backs, to receivers, to tight ends, but the Redskins couldn't get it done, and it's not looking any better next week against New England with Colt McCoy starting. So I had to avoid all uh, Washington Redskins players. Third. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones has looked rough this year. He's had one good game, and the rest of them have looked kind of like this. 13 for 21 on the ground for 1.6 yards per carry. This is against an Eagles team that's pretty good uh, defensively against running backs, but he was so bad in this game that the uh, Packers had two uh, goal-to-go opportunities from the one and they didn't even think about running it. They ran like seven plays within the five and they didn't run it one time with Aaron Jones. That's how bad he was on the week. So back to back to best players of the week. You want to take it away here? Yes, definitely. Let's move on here with the wide receivers of the week. So we did mention that Jameis Winston, one of the best quarterbacks of the week. Why was that? What The first receiver, Chris, Godwin, man, the guy had 12 receptions, 176 yards, and two touchdowns. 12 receptions on 14 targets. So Chris Godwin, uh, you know, a guy that I thought coming into the season was going to really, you know, flourish, but as well be a little bit limited by Mike Evans. It looks like both of them are eating right now, Chris. So what a great week for Godwin. Again, 176 and two touchdowns. Fantasy owners. 
man, you were really, really happy with Godwin's performance, especially if you had Jameis. Number two, Devontae Adams. So as we mentioned as well, A-Rod, you know, no coincidence, one of the top three quarterbacks with Devontae Adams. The guy had 10 receptions, 180 yards on 15 targets, and he did have a long of 58 yards. So um, it did look like he may have tweaked his hamstring a little bit there at the end or whatever it was. Turf toe. Was was it turf toe? Okay. um, So if if that's the case, hopefully, you know, he's back because A-Rod needs him. It looks like I think he may be missing this week, Chris. I'm not sure if you've gotten the update. It's confirmed. Okay. So there you go. Um, A-Rod and him finally clicked for what was that? The fourth game of the year. And now he's out. So we'll see how that progresses. But nevertheless, a great week by Adams. And number three, one of your guys as well, Robert Woods. So... Man, it's tough to pick on Robert Woods. He had 13 receptions and 164 yards in that battle against Tampa Bay. Um, we, we had talked about it. He's he's up and down. It's hard to predict. But when he has a great week, Chris, Robert Woods is still one of the best in the NFL, especially for fantasy. So there you have it. Those round out our three best receivers of the week. Let's go now to who were the worst. Real quick about Devontae Adams. Yeah, he suffered that turf toe. I think it was early in the fourth quarter, so he wasn't on the field for any of those uh, goal-to-go opportunities in which the first one, the Packers had first and goal at the one. They turned the ball over on downs. The second one, um, they had first and goal inside the 10, but um, that's when Rodgers threw that interception, you know, bounced off his receiver and up in the air. So it could have been a lot better of a day for Adams it could have been a lot better of a day for Rodgers if he didn't have that turf toe injury. Right, right. And moving forward as well, right? So if they're not together, it's going to be tough because I don't know about, um, what is it, Marquez Scantling, I believe. and then Marquez Valdez Marquez. Scantling. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, well, Jimmy has been playing good, dude, but it's yeah, not looking Jimmy's like, you know, it's going to be tough still. Once uh, Devontae Adams left that game, uh, Rodgers really did start going to Jimmy. So he's some someone to keep an eye on. He, uh, Rodgers will need that safety outlet against y'all's pretty solid defense. Definitely. All right. Worst receivers of the week. This one, he wasn't actually that bad, but we were all expecting 100 yards from him. He's been tearing it up every week. Julio Jones. He only had four receptions for 52 yards on seven targets. So to put some uh, some context behind this one, the Falcons were smacked in the mouth early against the Titans. Uh, Matt Ryan threw the ball 53 times, and he only looked Julio Jones' way seven times. So that's pretty disappointing. Second, Odell Beckham Jr. And this was this is kind of interesting. He was two for he had two receptions for 20 yards on seven targets, so less than 50% catch rate. However, the Browns have looked the best that they've looked all season. I don't know if it correlated with, you know, Baker just spreading it around, going to Jarvis, or if it's just a coincidence that the best that they looked all week was a week where Beckham had two receptions for 20 yards. Finally, third, Juju Smith-Schuster. He had three receptions on four targets, you know, solid 75% catch rate, but five five yards a catch. So that means three for 15 in a game where the Steelers beat the Bengals 27 to three. So um, it's not looking good for Juju Smith-Schuster fantasy owners. Mason Rudolph is looking uh, to dump the ball off repeatedly. 
He's looking at Deontay Johnson, and he's not really looking Juju's way. I don't know if he can, you know, throw it that far. So we'll see. Yep, great, great point you pay, you make there because we know a lot of people took Juju pretty high up there when it comes to wide receivers. So late, with expectations, yep, early late first, second, exactly. Dude, that was one of those maybe where you get a running back and then Juju or whatever it was, and so far looks like a huge bust. Not his fault that Big Ben's elbow gave out, but. Still, man, it's it's looking tough. Um, so let's round it out here now with the last position of tight ends. So the best tight ends of the week, starting with Mr. Austin Hooper. What a week for a tight end, nine receptions and 130 yards. So that's right there, 13 big points off of just yardage. And then you add those nine if you do the PPR. The guy was 20 plus on only 11 targets. So very accurate, um, you know, in his route running and all that and i think he could keep it up actually so we'll see number two uh, a staple in this top three travis kelsey seven receptions on just eight targets so also very accurate for 85 yards again for a tight end i mean of course if he could add a touchdown it's a super week but still at 85 yards another good week for mr kelsey uh, playing against the lions and number three will Disley. This guy looks like he is coming alive. We'll talk a little bit about this game now that it did happen uh, uh, the, the next week. But Seattle, he's looking good. Seven receptions on eight targets, 57 yards. And most importantly, especially for a tight end, he did add a touchdown. So another good week for Seattle. They're looking good so far. And Disley looks like he's a guy that can maybe be depended on for fantasy purposes there in the tight end position. So that rounds out our three best tight ends of this week four. Let's close it out, Chris, with the worst tight ends of the week. So this first one in uh, the worst tight ends of the week actually had a better week than he did the previous week in which he was one for seven, but it's still, he was three for 21 on six targets. And that's Jared Cook. The reason I still bring him up is because of his... Um, the deal that he signed with New Orleans, the hype that he brought, like, all right, uh, New Orleans is getting Jared Cook, red zone weapon. Um, Drew Brees <laughs> is going to find him, or now Teddy Two Gloves is going gonna, gonna to look his way as a safety valve, and he's just not there. He's not there in the Saints offense. He's an afterthought. He probably shouldn't be owned by anyone in uh, fantasy football. Right. Second, and Okay, okay, real quick on Cook, how much would you uh, blame that on Teddy Two Gloves, Chris, and, and or the fact that I guess Breeze is out? Would, would you, uh, you know, or do you think it would have been still pretty much the same? So we don't have much to go on. Um, the first week, Breeze didn't really look Cook's way either, I believe. Right. He only had about 40 yards receiving, but it would be better, but not that much better with Breeze. That's what I'm thinking. I like it. Okay, just wondering, you know, because obviously, like, it's pretty much speculation because we didn't, like you said, we didn't see much, but I wonder if maybe that would have changed um, at least so far through four games. But continue, Chris. Sorry, just needed to ask you that. Oh, no worries. And then second, Greg Olson. He went to town against Arizona and then against Houston. He put up a whopping two receptions for five yards. So 2.25 yards per catch. Going forward, I think you don't start Greg Olson unless Carolina's playing uh, a terrible defense like the Cardinals because Kyle Allen looked rough. He fumbled the ball a bunch of times, and if not for Christian McCaffrey, they probably wouldn't have moved the ball at all in that game. And they still won. 
Uh, OJ Howard rounds out my worst tight ends of the week. It would be weird to have this uh, this segment without OJ Howard's name. He was three for 33 today, or not today, <laughs> three for 33 <laughs> in this week. Winston threw the ball 41 times, but only looked OJ Howard's way three times. He only had 33 yards of Winston's 385. So again, kind of like Jared Cook, OJ Howard seems to be an afterthought in this offense. Finally, last but not least, let's update y'all on our Pick'em League. So how did we do in week four, Heido? So in week four, very interesting. We had mentioned um, last week's episode that it was one of the first episodes where Chris and I were uh, disagreeing on a lot of games. So we're like, we're actually going to separate each other. Someone's going to go up here. Um, We were only separated by one um, going into the week. We both went six and nine. So tough week, <laughs> tough week to, to start week with. So, so definitely, we will we'll say that. The crazy part was that we had all those different picks and we still ended with the same record. There was definitely um, uh, a lot of outcomes that we didn't expect. So right now, going into week four, we were at 38 correct for myself and 37 correct for Chris. Now, Chris, now that we're recording today, two days after the Thursday night game for week five, why don't you update them on how that went? And, you know, I know we're going to get into it here next. So kind of update them on what that was like, that game. I was hoping you didn't bring this up um, because I was like, okay, maybe he'll just forget and we'll just act like it never happened. And we can just move on. <laughs> yeah. Why, tell them why you would want to forget, Chris. Cause... <laughs> so Thursday night football, the Rams traveled to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. The Seahawks were a one-point favorite. So there's actually a push in the, uh, in the uh, spread. The spread was a push. So you know what that means. That means the Seahawks won by one point. Yes. One man. stinking point. The One Rams. stinking point and Zerline, Chris. What happened to the boy, dude? Which, you know, I, we were playing in fantasy. We talked about it a little earlier in the episode. I had Greg DeLeg. It kind of sucked that he missed. But, dude, the guy's almost automatic. And it was, what, like a 43-yarder, I want to say? Yeah. Something like that. So in fantasy, that actually cost you five points. Four mm-hmm. for the field goal and then one for the missed penalty. It's right. Um, so, yeah, I, I was like, all right, all right. Uh, offense got us down. <laughs> we... Let's go. But Greg Misatron broke our hearts on Thursday night football against the Seattle Seahawks of all teams. So I picked the Rams. I got it wrong. Uh, Heido picked Seattle. He got it right. So now we're at a two-team discrepancy here. Hopefully I can make up some ground uh, in tomorrow's games. Speaking of tomorrow's games, um, you ready to get into week five predictions? Let's do it, man. That's why, you know, we, we kind of, we got one. I got it right. You got it wrong. But let's go into the rest and see how we do this week. All right. Let's do it. Okay. Let's get into our week five NFL predictions. We already talked about Thursday Night Football, so we don't need to ever talk about that again. Um, let's move on to uh, Cardinals and Bengals. Arizona is heading into Cincinnati, and Cincinnati is a three-point favorite. Who you got in this one? 
I am going with the home team. I think Cincinnati will get it done. The line is kind of tough to predict, but I am going to say they will cover. So Cincinnati at home, four or more. What about you? What do you say? I'm going with the upset here. So the spread doesn't matter. I'm in the battle of un, of teams that have not won yet. Let, give me Arizona. The Bengals have looked rough. All right. Let's go Buffalo against the Titans. The Bills are heading into Tennessee. And Tennessee was a three-point favorite. But since the Josh Allen news, it's actually dropped to Titans minus 2.5. Does that change your thinking at all? That does not change my thinking at all. I am actually going with the Bills. I think their defense is just too tough. I'm sticking with the Bills, so the spread does not matter. If they can start off 4-1, man, these guys are looking dangerous. Go Bills. All right. Go Bills, indeed. I'm going with the uh, road team as well. I think they're going to go 4-1 heading into the break. Let's go Bills. All right. Uh, Chicago, the Bears are going in to Oakland to take on the Raiders. The Bears are a six-point favorite. Who you got in this one? I'm going to have to go with the Bears. As much as the Raiders at home may be tough, it is six-point, and I do think they will cover. So a touchdown to me with that defense, again, seems realistic. So I'm going with the road team. Bears cover the spread at seven or more. What do you say? I am actually going with the Raiders. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. I'm actually shocked. Okay. All <laughs> I'm right. going with the Raiders. At first, I'm like, all right, I'll do, I'll take the Bears. But, you know, the six-point spread is a lot. I don't even know if the Bears are going to score six points next week. So, you know what? I'm going with Oakland. They look great against the Colts. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. This is my This is my bold prediction of the week, basically. Okay, no, I, 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 it's bold <laughs> indeed, Chris. I did not expect you to say that. Okay, I like all it. All right, Thank let's do it. Um, all right, Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers are marching into New Orleans to take on the Saints. The Saints are 3.5 point favorites. Who you got in this one? Uh, another tough one to pick, uh, division rival. But I am going with the home team. I'm going with the New Orleans Saints. They looked good last week against the Cowboys, so... I say they win, but I do not think they cover. I think that spread right there of three points, I think, is fair. Um, and so I, I'm i going to go. It's three and a half, but I'm going to go with Saints do not cover. What do you think? I'm going with the road team on this one. The what? Tampa Bay oh Buccaneers. They have looked pretty great since week one. They beat the Panthers. They should have beat the Giants if not for a missed field goal. I know what that's like. Um, And then they go into L.A. and put up 55 points on the Rams. I think they're a good team. And there's a reason why I picked them to finish second in this division And at the beginning of the year. Let's go Tampa. Wow. Okay. Next one. Uh, Minnesota Vikings are going into the Meadowlands to take on the Giants. Who you get in this one? Vikings and Giants. Again, the Giants right there on the fringe. I guess maybe Saquon could make a difference if he plays. But I am going to go with the Vikings. And I do think they cover that five and a half spread. Um, they are a tough team. They've been playing well. And I think they have a lot to play for. So 
this is um, a road win for me. What about you? What are you? I'm saying? going with the home team in this one. <laughs> I'm going with the Giants. So just to note that Saquon Barkley, I think it was this morning, was officially ruled out for this weekend's game. Yeah, okay. I, okay. I know you picked the Vikings anyways, but yeah, I just thought I'd throw that out there. The Giants, um, I think being at home, you know, they have the momentum of two straight victories. You know, Daniel Jones has a lot of confidence moving forward as compared to the Vikings who uh, don't have any confidence in Kirk Cousins throwing the ball, apparently. Stephon Diggs is fed up with the situation, so I'm going with the Giants. Uh, next one, we got the other team from New York, and the New York Jets are flying to Philly to take on the Eagles. The Eagles are a 13.5 point favorite, and I'm sure the spread has actually gone up because Sam Darnot has been officially ruled out. Who you get in this one? So in this one, I am going to go with the Eagles. Uh, I just think, you know, they're too good, especially now that Darno is confirmed to be out another week. But um, at the time, you know, when we had done the spreads, it was at 13 and a half for Philly. As you mentioned, it's probably up um, right now, but I do not think they were even going to cover that. So actually, as of right now, um, the line moved up to 14. So it was 13-5, now it's at 14. Um, I don't think they cover. And for the reason, Chris, that the Jets, do, they're, they're fighting for their lives. Like 0-4, you're done, I would say for sure. They're 0-3, there's still a slight possibility. Not that it's great, but for that reason, I think the Jets put up a tough battle and um, Philly doesn't cover that 14. What do you think? I'm thinking Philly here, but I am going to take them minus 14 i think they're gonna get it done against luke falcon company i was actually planning on uh making sure that the philadelphia eagles do not cover the spread if sam darno was playing but since he's not playing i'm gonna take them by like you know 14 or more side note about darno we we uh we make jokes about why he's out but uh, as long as he gets healthy and gets ready i think the jets are gonna have a bright future just stay away from, uh, you know, any more problems in the future. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only advice for you, dude. You're, you're all right other than that, yeah. Sam. All right. Next up, we got the Baltimore Ravens in a division battle in Pittsburgh to take on Steelers. They're, the Baltimore Ravens are a 3.5 road favorite. Who are you getting in this one? So, again, as you mentioned, that divisional uh, matchup can always go, you know, either way. I think these teams know each other so well that, you know, it's hard to, to pick a, a separation. But I am going to go with the Ravens. I do not think they cover. I think this will be one, two or three point game very close, particularly, Chris, because last week I thought Pittsburgh was going to get smoked by the Bengals. Both 0-3, Monday Night uh, Football, and the Steelers actually whooped on the Bengals. So it's going to be a good game. I just think Baltimore is a little bit better of a team, so they'll win on the road. What are you thinking? I'm thinking the same thing. They'll win on the road. Um, the Steelers, they, they'll have to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Maybe Jalen Samuel take over at quarterback for parts of the game if they want to win this game. I just The Ravens know that what the Steelers' game plan is going to be, so give me Baltimore. All right, next up, we got those New England Patriots against taking on uh, the Washington Redskins in our nation's capital. Um, New England is a 15.5 point favorite. Are you uh, taking New England here? I got to go with New England, and I got to say that they will cover. These Redskins, dude, I don't even know. Um, 
their quarterback situation is all screwed up. Uh, they come in, they throw to the wrong team. Um, it's just, it's not looking good. And the Patriots are looking to go 5-0. and So I'm going Patriots and covering the spread. What do you say? Don't tell me, Chris. If you do this, I think we're done for the day. <laughs> no uh, looks like we're skins win, right, dude? Looks like we're we're continuing the podcast because <laughs> we're good. All right, we are. I good. think the Patriots are going to win by like fifty. Um, the when you said the Redskins, I just throw it to the other team. He almost made me spit out my coffee <laughs> because of how true that is. Um, they're starting Colt McCoy in this game. Uh, I just stay stay away from the. This is gonna be ugly. This is gonna be ugly. Now, next up, we got a good battle. We got the Jacksonville Jaguars against the Carolina Panthers in Carolina. Carolina's a three point five point favorite. I don't know if I understand this line. What do you make of it? What do you make of this game? Yeah, dude, this is a, a good good matchup. Two two and two teams that are looking to obviously. Man, what a difference three and two versus two and three is. But I have to go with the home team here. I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers. I do think they cover the spread. I say they win by four or more. So um, I think Kyle Allen is, you know, gunning for the starting position to stay there even when Cam comes back. This could be a big, big game towards that. I'm going with the Panthers. What do you say? Uh, nothing against Carolina, but I am going with the secret gardener. Gardner Minshew in his three starts he's won twice and the third one he uh, led his team all the way down the field scored a touchdown and the two-point conversion came within an inch of winning them the game he's a winner I think Jacksonville keeps on winning they go to three and two now we got the those Atlanta Falcons against the Houston Texans Houston is a five-point favorite this one's kind of interesting too who you got in this one this one, man, I've lost hope in Atlanta, dude. I think we text almost every Sunday, and it's like, oh, yeah. Man. Like, I'm thinking, you know, during the show, it, Maddie Ice is coming through. Maddie Ice is coming through. And then you text me, Maddie Ice sucks. So, <laughs> I got to go Texans will win. And I do think they cover the spread being that they're at home. So, I say Houston by six plus. Man, I'm just... I'm over Atlanta. What do you think, Chris? I am going with Houston as well. I think they covered the spread. Um, the Falcons, it's funny. They seem to get smacked in the mouth every single week. They're down by like three or four scores. And then Matty Ice is like, all right, I got Julio Jones or Austin Hooper on my fantasy team. I need some points before this game's over. So, yeah, give me Houston. Next up, we got another division rivalry. The Denver Broncos going into L.A. to take on the L.A. Chargers. The Chargers is 6.5 point favorites, and it looks like this is Melvin Gordon's season debut. Who you got in this one? Yeah, for actually, that, that was it, Chris. For that reason, it is a divisional matchup. Don't get me wrong, the Broncos are 0-4, but they very well should be 2-2. Right. So they lost um, two game-winning field goals. Heartbreak, exactly, exactly. At least 1-3, we could say, but looking like possible 2-2 two and, two and um, divisional matchup, so they obviously know each other well, but... Melvin Gordon's coming back. I have to go with the LA Chargers, and I do not think they cover. That is the difference. I don't think they cover because, again, the Broncos are desperate. They're already at 0 4, but it's always good to beat a divisional rival. So they're going to give a battle and lose close on the road. What do you say? I'm going to go with the Chargers here, but I say that they, um, they win by more than seven. 
Sorry, I was I had the uh, Oklahoma Sooners game on, and they just lost about forty yards on a triple reverse. So that was pretty crazy. It's third and goal from <laughs> midfield. <laughs> there you go. Sometimes you gotta yeah. risk it. Sometimes you gotta go for it. So, anyways, uh, the Broncos just gave up two hundred twenty plus yards to Leonard Fournette. Um, Melvin Gordon's making his debut. Eckler's been a very, very good pass-catching running back, so it's going to be a good one-two combo for the Chargers, and I think they win by seven or more. Finally, the last game before Sunday Night Football is the Green Bay Packers going into Dallas to take on your boys, the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are a 3.5-point favorite. I know you're going to pick Dallas, but do they cover here? (laughs) <laughs> it was actually close. It was close. I was definitely considering the Packers. I mean, we're looking at two, uh, three and one teams here. Um, but you're right. I think that the difference is to me, Chris, is being at home. Um, the Cowboys are going to win, but they will not cover. It's going to be one of those typical Green Bay and Dallas battles um, where it comes down to the end, maybe a last second field goal, something like that. So Dallas wins at home but they do not cover do you agree or or who are you going with? i'm sorry man i'm gonna have to go with green bay in this one although i think mm-hmm. it's gonna be very very close like you said obviously you're taking dallas by one to three points i think the packers are gonna win by one to three points uh, even though that really doesn't matter i just wanted to say how close this game is gonna be but i think the difference here is dallas i think is missing tyron smith tyron smith am i correct that's yeah. right that is right. Yep. So I think that will make a small difference, and these games are always close. So give me Green Bay. Sunday night football, we got the Indianapolis Colts taking on the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. Kansas City is an 11 point favorite. Who are you taking in this one? 11 points? Oh, man. I, I, I'm going with the Chiefs. I do say they start 5 0, so Chiefs will win. But I think that 11-point spread is a little generous. So I do not think they cover. The Colts are still a 2-2 two and two team. And again, this is a very important game for them. Um, it is on the road, so Kansas City wins. They do not cover. What do you think? Are you going with the upset? I am not going with the upset. Uh, I'm okay. actually going okay. to agree with you here on this one. I think I'm taking KC here, but it's going to be closer than 11. That's a generous spread. The Colts are 2-2. Two two. They're a solid team. And... Uh, Their two losses have been by a combined 13 points, by seven and by six. So I think they'll lose lose by seven. And then finally, we got Monday Night Football again with the primetime Browns going into San Francisco to take on the Niners. The Niners are a 3.5 point favorite. Who are you getting in this one? This is a good matchup, actually. I kind of like this for Monday night. I think it's going to be fun. Um, I am going to go, though, with the San Francisco 49ers looking to start off 4-0, leading that division, even though you have Seattle now 4-1, they're obviously undefeated. So I do go with them. And that three and a half point spread, I think that San, uh, San Francisco will cover that. So give me four plus for San Fran starting off 4-0. What do you say? Uh, yeah, I'm going with the Browns here. I have to go with Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb. It's not that I don't, it's not any disrespect to uh, the 49ers here. I just think the Browns have been really battle tested these last couple weeks and the Niners, you know, they take, they've taken on the Bengals. They've had a bye week, so they might, they might be a little rusty. So I'm going to go with the Browns. Now, who is your lock of the week? So my lock of the week 
has to be that Bears over Raiders. So um, that, that that has to be for me. I just think, again, the defense, dude, I'm, I'm going with them uh, so far. I'm 4-0, you know, with my locks of the week. I'm trying to go 5-0, so I am going Bears. What are you saying? What's, what's your lock? My lock of the week, I'm going to take the Chargers over the Broncos with the spread. I think the Chargers are going to win by seven or more. That's my lock of the week. Now, time for upset of the week. Who's yours? Upset of the week, I wouldn't be surprised if we had the same one. I have to go with those Buffalo Bills, dude. They are only a three-point underdog at the Titans, but I just don't see how the Titans um, cope with that defense. Sure, um, their quarterback is out, but I think they still get it done. So I'm going build on the road, being the Titans. Where are you at? I like that pick. I like that pick. Um, I actually consider that for my lock of the week. Um, but my upset of the week, I'm going to go a different route here, and I'm going to go directly opposed to your lock of the week. My upset of the week, give me the Raiders <laughs> against Chicago. I'm taking them straight up with the victory. I bet you get some good odds if you bet that game. So, our, and yeah, I, yeah, I, okay. I, sorry, two, two things, Chris. First, that game is in London, so I wonder how that will affect No, you're any, right, you're right. Um, you know, with the travel and all of that. So, that's actually a really interesting pick. Like you said, mine's a lock, yours is the upset, so I like it. And I just want to make a point. We have a total of eight different picks this week. Actually, seven <laughs> left. Uh, the the first one was Seahawks and Rams, where I got it correct. So I just want to make a point of that. I'm trying to keep track of that because it was interesting how last, last week we had so many. I didn't count them, but we ended with the same record. So this week, we've got seven left. Hopefully, you know, we get a little separation, be it one way or another, to see, you know, who's making the, the, the right calls, Chris. So just want to make a point of that. It's going to be a fun week to compare how we did next week yep that's a good point as well but i think even though we have so many different picks we're probably going to end up with the same record again all right very possible everyone this concludes our weekly nfl preview review episode hang out with us for a few more minutes to see what episode 10 is going to be about you ready to get into a little preview let's do it man let's let them know what is coming up I wanted to say a thank you so much to the listeners for listening to another episode of Small Scoop of Sports Podcast. This was already episode nine. It's still as fun as it was when we first started. Now, you can find the show at Small Scoop Sports. You can find either on Twitter or Facebook. You can find me on Twitter at Chrismo2413. Come hang out with me on Twitter. I'm always tweeting about the games, no matter what sport. Now, Heido, you ready to preview episode 10? Definitely, man. Definitely. Episode 10, um, as we do every week, this was the football one. The next one, we're going to be talking about different things. So the first thing is we will do a boxing review and preview with the uh, Errol Spence and Sean Porter fight. And then Triple G, big drama show fights as well coming up this Saturday. And a little UFC preview as well for UFC 243. The middleweight championship of the world is going to be up for grabs. So we'll talk about that. Um, And then included, we're going to do a review of those wild card baseball games. Those matchups we were talking about where it's one 
you know, one game winner take all to advance into the divisional series. So we'll catch you up on how that went and the rest of the playoffs, how, how everything is looking. Then we will definitely go into our second lesson with Professor Molina. Hockey 201 is going to be in full effect, going over a little bit more detail and in-depth into the game of hockey for our listeners. And then we will finish it off with some 90s nostalgia. As we do every week, we will focus this week on boxing. Who were the best boxers of the 19th? 90s so chris we have a lot of good stuff to talk about i'm very excited it's going to be a great show and we hope everyone joins us yeah thank you for that um i'm pretty excited for it as well now before uh before you sign off let the listeners know where they can find you definitely so <clears throat> everybody you can find me on twitter at jgut1010 jgut1010 and just remember of course we appreciate you listening to us joining us and um, any involvement being a rating a share whatever it is we really appreciate it and we hope you join us next week chris close us out everybody for this episode i am saying peace out like Heido said, remember, go ahead and share our episode links. That'll get you a shout out on the show. It'll also allow you to ask us any sports related question and we'll answer it on the show. Or you can give us a review on Apple Podcast and we will work to get you on the show for a segment. Thank you very much. Again, uh, I'm ready for episode 10. I know Heido is. And now we are signing off. Peace out, everybody.